Well, howdy, church. Good to see you all this evening. Hey, so we have finished the Gospel of Luke this week. Am I right? Community Bible experience, folks. How did that feel this week? Reading big, reading more pages each day than you thought you had signed up for, I imagine? Well, each week throughout our journey, the next eight weeks, as we continue to read the whole New Testament together, we're going to be hearing from different people in our church talking about the kinds of things you're talking about in your missional communities, and that is what stood out to you, what was new to you, what was something that challenged you, how did this teach you about loving God and loving others. We're going to hear from each of you, or some of you, rather, in the next eight weeks in this process, but tonight, I get to go first, because I'm up here and I have the microphone, and I'd like to share with you something in the Gospel of Luke that I had seen before, but reading in big chunks, it really stood out to me anew for the first time, and that is Jesus disengaged. And what I mean by that is he didn't go and turn on the Xbox and just zone, but what Jesus did was regularly, repeatedly, especially in the beginning of Luke's gospel, we see him withdrawing from the crowds. If you go back and look in the first 12 pages of your community Bible experience, books of the Bible, Bible, you'll find almost a dozen times where Luke tells us that he went to a solitary place, that he withdrew from the, the crowds, or he went to the mountain and prayed, or he prayed all night. So you see Jesus regularly disengaging, stepping out of the fray, out of the noise, to go be with his Father. And it's important he did that because Luke is also showing us in the first 12 pages of our community Bible, he's showing us that as soon as Jesus steps out of that disengagement, he engages with large crowds. I think Luke is really intentional showing us the needs pressing in around Jesus repeatedly, showing us that people were constantly coming to him for healing, for power, for wisdom. And Jesus was only able to profoundly engage the crowds because he was regularly stepping aside and disengaging, or rather engaging with God. And that's that rhythm of Jesus' work and rest that has really struck me. And so I got to thinking this week and praying, and happy Valentine's Day, by the way, I thought about what does that look like for our church? Well, in our church, a lot of times we'll take a step back or disengage from the way we do things ordinarily, and we engage with God in a different way from a couple songs, a long sermon, a couple other songs, and then see you later until next week. So tonight is one of these nights where we want to disengage as a church and engage with God in different ways. And so last week we talked about this idea that prayer and power are interconnected. And prayer and power are connected because, as we saw last week, prayer is where we see that God's power is available to us and God's power is among us. So last week we said it's not just enough to value prayer. We must be a praying church, a praying people. So tonight I want to look briefly, not as a sermon, but really just a reflection as we continue to pray together and worship together tonight. I want to look briefly at Mark chapter 7. Would you turn there if you have a Bible? Would you turn there if you have a phone? 
I want to look at this place where Jesus and his power heal a man who can't hear and can't talk. So when we enter into a night tonight that's disengaging or talking about prayer, I think a lot of us can be like this deaf man we're about to meet and this mute man that we're about to meet. And we can find ourselves in the sight and presence of God. Sometimes, just like him, we can't hear God or hear anything. Like me with a sinus infection right now and an ear infection. But spiritually, we can be in a place where we say, well, everybody talks about hearing God. I don't hear God. He doesn't talk to me. What am I doing wrong? And also, just like this man, we can also find ourselves mute. When we struggle to pray, when we talk about prayer and power, we can come into the presence of God together and we can say, well, I struggle to speak. Well, I think Jesus might have an invitation. And I think we need to ask Jesus, if I'm one of those people who are struggling to hear if I'm one of those people who's struggling to speak and pour out to God, perhaps Jesus has an invitation for us tonight. Let's look at Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 31. <coughs> then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. So what we have firstly is perhaps many of us tonight who come and we can't hear. Perhaps we are coming and we can't talk. And here's where I am tonight. I feel like the crowd begging Jesus to heal you, to heal this church. It's so amazing in all of these healings that Jesus does, there's so many people that on behalf of the person who's sick or needs healing, bring the person to Jesus. Tonight is a night to where we together as a church, we come together and we're bringing ourselves to Jesus. We're begging Jesus to place his hand upon us, like the text says in the very first part of that scene in Mark chapter 7. So look with me then on verse 33. We come to this place and we're begging for Jesus to place his hand on us. And in verse 33, look here. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus takes him aside. And so the question for us tonight, as we sing songs, we pray songs, we pray for one another, is Jesus inviting you? Has he been waiting to take you aside. You can imagine what we just read when the crowd is begging for Jesus to place a hand on him. This person is known in his community. He's deaf. He can't speak. He's completely disengaged from his community. He can't hear what they're saying. He can't speak back to them. He's completely isolated and disengaged. Yet they bring him to Jesus. And what Jesus does, even though this person can't hear, Jesus still takes him away to a quiet place in order for Jesus to work. So the invitation is, has Jesus been wanting to invite you to take you aside? And has he been wanting to do that for a lot of time, a long time, but we just haven't followed him to that place? You see, Jesus regularly, like we just said, disengaged and withdrew to lonely places. Is there an invitation for you to go with Jesus to a lonely place? And is there resistance to go 
with him. Perhaps tonight we can all go together. So Jesus takes him aside away from the crowd because it's a lot easier to hear when you're away from crowds, isn't it? So then Jesus, just as the crowd had been begging, he places his hands on him in a really crazy and frankly gross and intimate way. Here's what he does. Jesus puts his fingers into the man's ears. Isn't it incredible that God not only became human in Jesus, but the God-human Jesus even puts his fingers and humbles himself to get right into those places of brokenness. He not only does that, he gets even grosser. Look at Jesus surprising us. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He goes right to those places where we need him most. And I think provided we follow him away at times when we are taken aside. So he puts his fingers in his ears and he spits and touches the man the man's tongues, but he doesn't just do that. Look what it says in verse 34. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, a groaning, a prayer, he said to him, Ephaptha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. He began to speak plainly. He had been isolated from community. He had been cut off from the land of communication. He could not hear. He could not speak. And in an instant, Jesus takes him aside and he is opened to an entirely new world. So Jesus then, surprisingly, what does it say? Commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. Wouldn't you? Especially if somebody spit and touched your tongue. But I think this guy didn't care about that. Because that Jesus spit was enough to restore him to new life. They kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. And I have this sense that Jesus at this stage in the game was trying to keep this a secret because it just wasn't time for everybody to get so nuts about him. He had work to do. And the more crowds, the harder it was to change lives. Because even Jesus, remember, has to disengage and engage profoundly with God, profoundly with others. And finally, as we wrap up, what do the people say that are amazed? He has done everything well, they said. And this reminds me of creation, when God creates all things with His words, and He says it is what? Good. And this crowd probably not thinking of Genesis, just looking at Jesus and knowing something's different and profound. They say he does everything well. They call it good. I'm reminded of Genesis creation, but it's an alert to the dawning of new creation that comes in the person of Jesus who is longing to take you aside. They said he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So tonight on this Valentine's Day, Thank you for being here, and thank you for not being at Fifty Shades of Grey, but thank you for being here to be taken aside by Jesus. We're going to pray in just a moment. We're going to pray for people. Spencer's going to play quietly, and we're going to pray for us. We're going to pray to God and thank Him, and we're going to pray songs that we sing 
when you don't have the words. I hope you got a handout when you came in. It's got some prayers for you if you, like this man, struggle to speak. But as you're reminded, we must always pour everything out simply before God. As I close this portion and we begin to pray and sing and worship together, I'd like for you to look at these words from Henry Nouwen. It's printed in your handout there. I'll read it for us. When you pray, you open yourself to the influence of the power which has revealed itself as love. The power gives you freedom and independence. Once touched by this power, you are no longer swayed back and forth by the countless opinions, ideas, and feelings which flow through you. You have found a center for your life that gives you a creative distance so that everything you see, hear, and feel can be tested against that source. So we can't see Jesus like the people who saw Him in the crowds did physically, but we can look to Him in prayer. We can't hear Jesus like the deaf man in this passage, but we can be taken aside to a quieter place and allow Jesus to open our ears so we can hear through prayer. Of course, we can't speak to Jesus in the way we want to, like this mute man. A lot of times we fumble, we feel like we're not doing it right. But we can allow Jesus to open our mouth. We can allow ourselves to pour out everything in our lives before Him in prayer. Church, we've prayed a lot in the last couple weeks. And I think the Holy Spirit of God has groaned a lot for us in the last couple weeks. I think Jesus, the risen King, has interceded a lot for us in the last couple weeks. So let's enter together into a space of prayer, stumbling at times, but always knowing He's listening and He is with us.